Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode. Today we have a special guest with us. Um, Her name is Gina Lopez. She is also an amazing bonus mom, and she's been doing this a lot longer than Melissa and I have, and we greatly appreciate her coming on and sharing her amazing wisdom with us today. Um, Gina, thank you so much for coming, but kind of, we'll just kind of jump right into it. Talk to us about, you know, when you met your husband, Javi and becoming a stepmom, we'll just kind of start at the beginning. Okay. Well, we met, uh, in San Francisco through a mutual friend. Um, I was living in the Bay area. Um, I'm in software sales and consulting and, we, I was a big San Francisco Giants fan. So me and my friends would always be at the Giants game when we could go Giants. We were going to a game and they happened to be playing the Atlanta Braves that series. And my best friend, who's still my best friend after all these years, almost 25 years now, um, she had a mutual friend that would always get us the tickets because he was a sports agent. So there were a lot of players that played for San Francisco, but didn't weren't necessarily from there. So their tickets never went to anybody because they didn't have family or friends that lived in the area. So there was always a lot of tickets. So we would go, uh, some group friends would always go to games. And um, so we ended up just being with a group of friends and there was a big group of us that went out after the game. And that's how I ended up meeting Javi. And um it was pretty innocent. We just, we were in a big group of people. We talked all night long and exchanged email addresses. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I said, I would add him to um, my group of friends. That I would forward emails to funny jokes and stuff too. And um, I remember those email chains. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember those. <laughs> and I would use my work email, which I probably shouldn't have, but I did. And um, so I had my signature at the bottom of my email, right? You know, my name, company, direct line, cell phone. And I don't know how long it was after that, but I want to say it was three months. It, it was a little while. And my cell phone rang one evening out of the blue and it was him. Oh, and wow. he, he was like, I was, I didn't even know if this number was going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he was coming into town and wanted to see me. That's so cute. Oh so, yeah. It was, it was when we first met the first time he, he was married and he was very open about that. So I just never thought anything, you know, I, I never thought I would see him again, hear from him again, nothing like that. But, you know, as we continued to talk. I understood, you know, things weren't in a good place. They were estranged and then, um, and then we're legally separated. And that's when he reached out. Did that like scare you at all knowing his dynamic and going through a divorce and separation and having kids? Did that ever like scare you in any way or not scare you, like give you kind of any anxiety? Um, I don't think the divorce did as much as 
having small children did. Yeah. Definitely knowing he had two children. It was, um, it was a little stressful, a little, I I was definitely nervous because even at that point in my life, I wasn't even sure I wanted kids of my own. Yeah. Yeah. I was always very much into, you know, loving my job, loving my career. I knew I would get married at some point in my life, but that wasn't something that was really important to me. And, um, having kids was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I kind of like my life the way it is. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, I, it was hard. It was hard. Melissa can definitely relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was for me. Like, okay, you're going through divorce. You're previously married. Like that's one thing to work through, but then having, I mean, he had just turned three at the time for us. And it was like, I don't know if I want kids, Mm -hmm. um, really enjoying my career. Like that's what I moved out to Hawaii for. Mm -hmm. And so I was in this place of like upward growth, you know? Yeah. And it was like, what, what what do I do with a three-year-old? I I don't know how they work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I have, I had nephews, so I had been around, um, my nephews who I just adored and loved to death. I mean, in love with them the minute they were born. So I did have experience with young children. It was just, you know, I, I don't know. It wasn't something that I was, you know, uh, it's fun to be an aunt, you know, but to be a mom, I exactly, I just didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if I was going to be good at it. Like what, you know, and especially being a step mom, it's, it's very different than being a mom. Um, there's a lot of fine lines you have to walk and balance. And, um, my stepsons were seven and three at the time. So very young as well. The, the, the three-year-old he's now 21. He doesn't remember his parents ever being together. He really only remembers me and his dad being together, but the seven-year-old, you know, he was old enough to know what was happening. And, and it was, it was really hard for him. You know, he had to go to counseling and it was just, it was, it was tough, but they're, you know, they're very, very sweet boys, very sweet boys. And How the fact- long did it, like, when did you meet them after you and Javi started like dating or talking? I met them once I moved to Atlanta. Okay. So, um, we kind of did a long distance thing for a little while and, um, Javi kept saying, you know, if this is going to work, you need to move, move out here. You know, it, this is where I'm at. I can't live anywhere else. And, you know, so it took me a while, you know, to have to give up my career, um, move across the country, leave my family, leave my friends, um, go somewhere where I knew no one and step into this, you know, not just being a, a girlfriend or fiance or whatever, but being this, you know, mom figure, um, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It is, so that is a lot, especially when you're giving up a lot for that. I can only, yeah, I, yeah, I was, I didn't realize at the time, but it, 
that's when I actually started having a lot of uh, panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I had never experienced anxiety in my 27 years of life. And um, it was, it was gnarly. Like it was really affecting me a lot. And I dealt with it for about five years before I finally went to the doctor because it just was getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't realize until I ended up talking to somebody that my whole world turned upside down. There was like not one thing the same. And um, yeah, so that was, that was difficult. And not only, you know, doing that, but also who I was getting in a relationship with. So moving to Atlanta, Javi, you know, played for the Atlanta Braves and he was known by everybody. He was a, like a superstar there. So no matter where you went, restaurant, grocery store, no matter where you went, you know, he was recognized, you're recognized, you're stared at, you're the games, you you know, it's just, it's a lot of attention, a lot of eyes on you, which was very unfamiliar and very uncomfortable for me. So I think that added to the anxiety as well. Was it also harder with him being on the road a lot too? Uh, No, because I traveled with him. No, even better. Yeah. So um, because when I moved to Atlanta, that was his last year with the Braves. And then um, he signed with the Orioles. So for three years. So we were then in Baltimore for three years during the season. So during the off season, we were still in Atlanta, but during the season we were in Baltimore. And then, yeah, I would. So if they went on like a three city uh, series, I would usually go to two of the three because we didn't have, I didn't have children. So it did make it very easy to travel. Yeah. And then the boys, my stepsons, they would, um, uh, like in spring training, they would come to Florida for their spring break. And then when we were in Baltimore, they were in school. So it was very hard. Um, Javi only saw him unless he was in town playing or when once summer came along, then they would come and spend a couple of weeks with us in Baltimore. And then once we were in Atlanta for those four months of the off season, we had them every other Thursday through Monday. Oh, wow. So it was very, you know, it was hard because I think Javi felt very guilty because he didn't get to see them that much those three years. After that, he retired and we were in Atlanta full time. So, you know, then it became very normal and we had them a lot. Not, not 50, 50, but we still had them the, the, every other Thursday, Thursday through Monday. And then the summer it was 50, 50. Got it. So, but yeah, I think he felt very guilty that he wasn't seeing them that much. So that kind of led into like the disciplinary issues <laughs> and struggles that I had. Yeah. You know, we because that. at the we- end of the day, I mean, he's at the ballpark and, you know, I'm taking care of two little boys and. I'm not mom, you know, yeah. so it was, it was hard. It is hard. Melissa and I've talked about that. I mean, one-on-one and even on our podcast before we've talked about when you step into that disciplinary role. And that I think is the hardest part of being a bonus parent and finding yeah. where you feel strong enough to discipline mm-hmm. or be that authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. And Melissa and I've also talked about too, like, being with Colby and Dave, like I know when Dave and I first started living together, um, 
he would feel guilty at times too, even though we had E or we still have E 50, 50, but there'd be things where like he would act out and I would want to put my foot down, but then Dave would, you know, let it go because he didn't want to be the bad cop or the bad parent because he only got to see him, you know, 50% of the time. Right. And that was always a struggle at the beginning until him and I kind of figured out both of our parenting roles together. Mm-hmm. But that was always a struggle because in my mind, I was like, if that was my child doing that, like, no. Right. But I never knew, like, I was always scared to cross that line. Right. But then we'd have a conversation private. And I was like, you can't let him keep doing this. Like, that's not right. good. But then he's like, I know, I know. But, and it will always come back to guilt. And yeah. I think that's like the heart. And I think I'm, I'm sure there's mo- the bio moms. I'm sure there's guilt on their end too. Sure. But I think it might be more of a guy thing as well. I think so. I think so. Because typically, I mean, 50-50 is a lot more common nowadays. Um, But before that wasn't the case. I mean, you know, a mom basically had to be like (laughs) on drugs and like halfway into prison to like lose our children or, you know, to get like, you know, but um, so (laughs) the every other weekend thing was extremely common, especially if a dad's traveling a lot, you know, they don't have a choice. So yeah, I think for guys, it definitely is a guilt thing. And, and I don't know if, uh, yeah. And, and like for my, for Javi, it just, things just don't bother him as much. Yeah. He's just extremely yeah. laid back. He's very easygoing. It takes a lot to make him angry. Um, that's not the case for me. <laughs> yeah. I, and my own two children will tell you that like mom's the disciplinarian, not dad, but, um, yeah. So, uh, but I, we would have a lot of conversations in private and I would, I would definitely express to him how I felt. And I was very open about my feelings and my struggles. And that's one thing where he always supported me 100%. And I don't think our marriage would have lasted more than a year if he hadn't, because, you know, it just to have him have my back and understand where I was coming from. It's not like things changed overnight, but at least that he understood and he tried his best, you know, to rectify that, to, to, you know, make that, you know, make it. So those weren't my feelings all the time. And, um, he did get better. He, he got a lot better. Um, I think probably once he retired, it was just easier because he was around all the time, you know, so he didn't have that guilt. But also he started to understand that, you know, they they respected him more when he did act like dad and not just a fun friend. And I think that's with any child. You know, it's I think we always you know, it's I'm, I'm not I'm your mom. I'm not here to be your friend. You you know, you don't have to like me right now, but this is my job. This is our job is to teach you and to guide you. So. No, totally. I agree. Those boundaries are so important. And you know what you're saying about hobby, like really valid or validating, you know, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing and being able to communicate that to him and, and have it be listened to and heard And, Mm -hmm. you know, where he wasn't putting any sort of pressure on you to be a mom a certain way. And just, you know, like Colby doesn't put that on me. I know Dave doesn't put that on you, Shay. Like 
we all parent how we as individuals parent, but then we back each other right in front of the kids and like showing that unity is so important. And I mean, I, I feel you with, you know, dad wanting to be like the fun one, you know, because the time is limited when they travel, like there are times when Colby will come back from being gone for a few months or even a few weeks, just like the little short trips. And it's like, it's a long time. It it is a long time. And so he wants to have that fun right when he gets back, but then, oh, recognizes like, Ooh, dad wants to have fun. So I can push, push a little bit more. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here and I'm like, all the work I've been doing the last (laughs) few months, like what just happened? Right. So is he still with you then, even when your husband's gone? Mm -hmm, Yeah. So he has full custody. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you're, yeah. Okay. That's different. Yeah. She's in the thick of it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. And I can say too, that, um, you know, you, as a stepmom, you, especially in the beginning, I think like one of your worst nightmares is being called like an evil stepmom. Like that's like, you know, if, if you say the wrong thing or if you get too bad, you know, it's just like being called that, like behind your back or whatever it may be. But, um, I can say that that Javi and Kelvin, they never once ever disrespected me ever. And I put, and I, you know, give the praise to Javi for that, you know, just for laying, you know, laying down the expectations um, with them right from the beginning, because I know it was difficult for them because coming from bio mom, you know, I'm sure they were getting an earful. And, um, I, I know they were, and they were put in really sticky spots and not fair spots, you know, where children shouldn't have to worry about certain things. And, um, you know, they, they, they weren't ever disrespectful to me, which was amazing. Yeah. The kids should never be put in the middle of, of anything. And right. I mean, as much as you may not like, I know it, not every situation is glamorous, you know, right. Not every parent gets along with bio parents, step parent, both bio parents, you know, like there's all kinds of different dynamics, but at the end of the day, the kid should never be put in the middle of it. Right. Just to give you a little idea of what, um, we still have never met. It's been 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that, if you don't mind me asking, is that something you wanted or she wanted? Oh gosh, no. I wanted to have a meeting from day one because her children were going to be in my care when they weren't with her. Mm -hmm. And I always said, you know, if they were my children and now having my own children, for sure, I want to meet whoever's taking care of my children when they're not in my care. Yeah, absolutely. I think any mom will that's not, no, not every mom, but I would think that would be what you would want. And no, it was her. And she did not want to meet me. I feel like that puts an added layer of responsibility. Like we already feel so much pressure mm-hmm. and responsibility caring for kids that are not our own, but right. then to not even have that you know, communication or just that acknowledgement of, Hey, you know who I am. I know who you are. Like, right it adds, I feel like more because for two and a half years, I didn't meet 
close by a mom either. Okay. And then we met, um, and then now we don't have any relationship at all. So, okay. you know, it, it came and went, but right. those first few years were hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. It was, and it was probably for the first six, seven years, I want to say it's a long time where she would only communicate with Javi through email. I mean, there was no in person. There wasn't even on the phone. How would you, if email you was the ask- only way he could communicate with her. How, if you don't mind me asking, like how did pickups and drop-offs go? Was it mostly just at school? So they never. No. So, um, for the first several years, um, Javi did both pick up and drop off. Yeah. Um, when he was playing in Baltimore, um, he would literally, he would fly to Atlanta, pick them up and fly them back. Oh, wow. And then fly them back home and then fly back. That's a lot on him too. And she, yeah. And she would, she wouldn't even pick the kids up from the airport. He had to hire a driver to take him and the kids an hour to the house, then an hour back to the airport, get on the plane, fly back to Baltimore. On top of playing baseball too. Yeah. Like, that's that's what we were dealing with. Uh, yeah. yeah. For us, I mean, Dave, they've had 50 50 since they got divorced and mm-hmm. luckily it was a very civil divorce and it was easy and they divided everything up through mediation. They never really fully went to like court or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's been 50-50 ever since. And for the most part, it's been kind of civil. There was a moment with Bio Mom and I where we um, planned a birthday party together. We did a joint birthday party for E one year. Oh, that's and cool. I reached out to her, like kind of initiating it because I wanted yeah. to have, uh, you know, I think any stepmom bonus parent goes into wanting to have a relation or some kind of relationship, not necessarily be best friends, but be civil enough to do things together. Absolutely. And so it was right. So much easier. Exactly. And the and kids so- would be happier. They wouldn't be so afraid to, oh no, they're both, you know, in the same spot. Well, that's how it was with my set. They're both, you know, at the baseball field. I don't, you know, and they would like not know if they were allowed to talk to the other one. It was just. Yeah. No, totally. And like, that's, and I think that's kind of what happened with us is E was doing sports. And so we would sit together and talk and that kind of started the relationship a little bit. Yeah. And then we did this big birthday party. So we got closer. And then after the birthday party, um, a situation arose and it pretty much blew up back in my face and I did everything wrong. Mm. And from there on, I realized, all right, this isn't going to work. Like, I need to keep my distance. I can't be a part of this. And so ever since then, we've pretty much stopped communicating. I mean, we'll text each other if we need to about something or if she can't get a hold of Dave for whatever reason, she'll contact me. But um, that pretty much cut off all contact on my end. I was like, nope, I'm done. That's it. So her and I only see each other at like school things or Sometimes drop off some pickups if Dave and I need to go somewhere after, um, or a sporting thing or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's unfortunate, but sometimes that's just the way it has to be. You kind of have to, you have to protect yourself first. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, I think the only time 
I've seen her would be at um, their graduation, high school graduation, where we were all in the same place, not sitting together, obviously, but um, yeah, for, for all their, you know, sporting little events when they were younger, again, we, we never were at really at the same place, unless there was like a specific pickup or something that was, you know, scheduled different than, than regular. But, um, you know, if, if it was our weekend, she was not there. If it was her weekend, Javi wasn't allowed to go. That's, um, he wanted to, but, you know, her comment would be, I don't want the boys to see the look on my face when I see you, blah, blah, you know? And so then he was put in a hard spot, you know, where he could just say, I'm their father. I want to see, you know, I'm going to go. But then knowing it was putting the boys in a tough position, you know what I mean? Like having to choose one parent over the other. Well, it wasn't about that. He didn't, he just wanted to see the game. He didn't even, he didn't need to talk to them afterwards. He didn't, they didn't even need to know he was there. Yeah. But it was more what was going to happen and just knowing that it was going to be made uncomfortable for them. And so he just chose, you know, not to go to try to keep peace, which is sad. It is sad. And I get that. And every situation's, you know, different. And I think we've all have encountered those unfortunate situations for sure. It's just what you decide to do with your husband or wife or partner to best protect you guys at the end of the day. Yeah. I think it was more about protecting the kids or, you know, doing what we thought was the best to protect the kids, you know, whether it was right or wrong. I don't know. You know, I don't well, think we'll ever so know. Hard about this. Yeah. That's what's so hard about this. Like you don't know. And I think this is just for parenting in general, I don't have my own, so I can't speak on behalf of that. But even just from like what my parents have shared with me, like, you don't know if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. You hope you're doing the right thing. Right. Um, But we're all going to make mistakes, you know? Yeah. 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 But, you know, you do, I think you do. Well, now that they're older, they're in their twenties, it's been, you know, 18 years from what they tell us, I think we did do the right thing. Um, they understood a lot more than what we give them credit for. Oh yeah. And I think one of the best things Javi and I ever did was never, ever saying a bad word about their mother in front of them ever still to this day have never said one bad word, bad thing, negative thing. And I think that made a huge difference in just their respect for me and just even just being in our home and in a more of a positive environment and knowing that they, that wasn't going to be put on them. You know, our feelings, what we were dealing with on the adult side, on the co- on the parenting side, that that's not their problem. And they don't need to hear about those things. And um, I think they really are grateful for that. How did you work through those feelings of trying to figure out how I want to word this? But there are times when, like, I know Shay and I have talked about this, where especially lately with the boys, you know, getting a little bit older, 
they're pushing more buttons. They're trying mm-hmm. to see, you know, like what they can get away with a little bit more. And so we are having to discipline a little bit more. Right. And so for me, there's frustration sometimes with it when it's like, if she just holds up like her end of the deal and was able to be like a, a, a decent parent to be able to spend time with him, then I wouldn't be feeling like the bad guy all the time, you know? And so I, I literally have to put myself in like a mommy timeout, just go take a few minutes away and like hold it together because I, I don't want to be the bad guy all the time. Right. And so that's something that like I'm working through of like reframing myself of like, no, I'm not the bad guy. This is my job as his mom to teach him, to guide him, to do all of these things. But she gets to, you know, potentially still sit on this pedestal of being fun whenever they, whenever he does see her, which is very, like very few and far between. Right. And he's, and he knows that deep down and he, it's probably, um, how old is he? He just turned eight. Okay. So, okay. He's yeah. So he's, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be something that sticks with him for, probably the rest of his life. Um, you know, it's, she's, she's mom. Yeah. And, you know, every, I think child, whether they, they want acceptance, they want to feel love. They want that from both of their parents. And whenever that's sort of absent, uh, it's just, you know, there's, there's like a scar there. I think that's something that unfortunately, I don't really know. I've, I've have not been in your position. Your position sounds extremely difficult. Um, I, I think that's just something that he's going to, you know, love you and appreciate you as time continues to go on. And I think he, I'm sure he already does. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, at some point you, you're just going to be mom. Yeah. We're at, Within the last year, year and a half, I have transitioned from Melissa to mom. Like he only calls me mom now. Awesome. Yeah. And I think a lot of it really started just backtracking a little bit to when you were saying, you know, you and Javi made sure to never speak ill Mm -hmm. of their mother in front of them. Right. He's smart. He knows. He knows the deal. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't project those things onto them. Whereas mm-hmm. it sounds like she had spoken ill about you to them and they recognize those and their things. father. I think their father more than me. She doesn't know me, but yeah. And with, yeah. Oh, he was on the phone with her. This was the beginning of 2020 and she called me stupid to him mm. saying, Melissa's not your mom. She's stupid. I came home from work that little day, that little day, <laughs> I came home from work that day to this little boy crying and coming up. To, I'm so sorry, Melissa. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what, what's wrong? What's, and he told me, she called you stupid and told me that you're not my mom because no. he would tell people that he has two moms. Yeah. And that to this day still sticks with him. Yeah, And that's where like the importance of not speaking ill about either party, right? Because they hold on to that so hard. 
Right. And how wonderful that he was, he cared that much and told you. And I mean, he obviously loves you and respects you so much. So it broke his heart and that broke my heart, which then made me have more feelings, you know, towards her that I just to myself and well, I talked to Colby about, but right. Well, I think we just got to give them more credit than we do or than that than anyone does, you know, Yeah, they're more aware than anything. And I think, you know, kids coming from a split family are more aware than kids maybe who come, who don't have that, you know, they're a lot more aware of their surroundings. They're a lot more aware of what's happening around them because they bounce back and forth so often Yeah, and they have to, you know, adjust constantly. And so I think, you know, they deserve more credit than what anybody really gives them. And they pay attention to everything. And, you know, they're like sponges. They absorb it all too. Yeah. And they'll carry that with them as they get older, especially the negative stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's very true. It's very true. I've had conversations with my stepsons about, you know, I'm so sorry that they've had to go back and forth and that's not what they chose. And, and it's so funny, you know, even when they were younger, they would be like, it's Gina, it's fine. We wouldn't want it any other way. And, um, I think the older one, because he, you know, he was aware he was older when it happened. He, he doesn't remember his parents being happy together. He remembers a lot of fighting. He remembers a lot of, you know, silent treatments that no, they, no love, you know, no, no affection, that kind of thing. So I think as hard as hard as it is, I think most kids would rather see mom and dad apart and happier than together and miserable. Yeah. You know, I think I, I don't, I, my parents, my parents are still married. So I, I mean, I really can't speak for that. And they were, they're, they're very happy, you know? So I don't, I, I don't really know what that feels I like. I think you're right though. I think they may not realize it when they're younger, but it's something they'll reflect on when they're older Yeah, and, and come to terms with it when they're older. Um, Cause they're able to understand it more in their twenties or even teenage years versus when they're seven, eight, nine, 10, and they don't know any difference between this and that, you know? So I think it's something, and Melissa and I've always talked about this too, is with our different situations, like Melissa and I've always talked about, like, we never want to be resented by them or anything like that. And it's just, you know, it's something that we always tell each other and remind each other that when they get older, they will understand and they will see everything. And we just got to get to that point. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Yes, they will. How was it? it. Yeah. How was it for you when you had your own kids and bringing that into the dynamic? Did you have any like reservations about it? Were the boys nervous about a new kid coming into the picture? No, um, not at all. They, I didn't have my first son until, uh, six years into our marriage. So, you know, we had our family for quite a while before we brought any new siblings into it. So Javi was what, 14, 
So he was now a teenager. So 14 and uh, 10 were their ages. And um, no, they, they were excited. They were very excited. So um, that wasn't an issue at all. And I, I wasn't nervous about it at all. You know, they, they knew we were, you know, wanting to expand our family and everything. So it wasn't, you know, something that just like surprised them. Um, so they were, no, they were very happy. That's good. They, That's they good. Had, the, the age difference is big, yeah. right? So it was more just kind of like a, a little fun thing, but they then would just go do their own thing. You know, yeah. they're hanging out with their buddies. They're doing their own thing. Well, and, especially at you know, that They age. never had to babysit or watch or anything like that. I didn't like when we, <laughs> this is funny. I don't know if this was right or wrong either, but <laughs> like, even if we went out to dinner, like I hired a babysitter, even though they were there. I make that, that makes sense. You don't want the responsibility to fall on them. Right. And I just never, yeah, I, yeah, I, I knew even after all those years, that would be something that their mom would probably complain about. So I just, you know, made it a non-issue. Yeah. I get that. That's how, I mean, me with me being pregnant right now, he is super stoked about having a sibling. And it's something that Dave and I always told him what would happen one day. And we've always like talked about like, oh, that one day when you get a sibling, which he's always been excited for. And then during my whole pregnancy, he's been ecstatic and I couldn't be any more grateful. Um, there was a moment though, where he, we had like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like setbacks kind of, but with sleeping, cause he's always been a good sleeper and it's never, sleeping's never been an issue for him. And then all of a sudden he was having bad nightmares and anxiety about going to bed. And just like, it was a full on like 180. It was weird. And it was happening at both houses. Mm. So we actually met with a therapist about it. And she said a lot of it could be the baby and just changes going on. Cause his mom had just gotten married right okay. before we told him we were pregnant. And then now he's got a baby coming in to the world too. So she's like, he's trying to find his place. So these right. nightmares you know, stir up. Luckily we got through it. It was fine. But I do remember when we were going through it at one point, he did mention that he was like afraid to be left out and like, cause the baby would be always with us and he would still have to go back and forth and he didn't want to miss out on anything. And even like this year, it's like, we trade off holidays. So it's her year for Christmas and our year for Thanksgiving but we kind of explained to him, like, it's actually better that way. Cause the babies do right before Thanksgiving, Christmas, isn't going to be that fun with her next year when she's one, she'll be with us for Christmas and it'll be more exciting. She'll be able to, right. you know, you'll be able to help her open gifts and this and that. And he kind of was like, Oh yeah, that's true. Cause he was really bummed about missing his sister's quote unquote first Christmas. And I'm like, dude, she's going to be sleeping in the, <laughs> she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So when we kind of like phrased it that way, he was like, oh yeah, that's true. And you know, he got more excited. So I think moving forward, I just don't ever want him to feel left out in any way. And I know Mm -hmm. Dave and I are trying so hard not to let that happen, but I think that also comes from him being eight and still figuring out his place. Right. And also, you know, going back and forth and this one's not going back and forth and, you know, we don't ever want him to feel left out. He'll always be included. But right. I know, I think that's, I guess we'll just have to see 
as it goes once the baby's here and how to navigate that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming him and his father are really close. Yeah. I would, I would, once the baby comes, I would definitely suggest dad and him doing some things alone, quality time, things that they really enjoy together, whether it's going to a baseball game or, you know, I don't know if they play sports together, but I would definitely just recommend your husband spending some just quality time with him, just the two of them. Just so he feels a little extra, you know, a little special, extra special. Yeah. That's kind of, it doesn't feel like, you know, that's eight, eight years old. That's, that's a, that's a, you know, kind of like a crucial age for dad and, you know, all their bonding they like to do. Absolutely. And they're super close as it is. Like he's always been kind of like a daddy's boy. Yeah. From the get go. Um, and his mom won't, I don't think they'll have any other kids, you know, for, for E, this will be the only side where he'll have siblings. And I think he kind of knows that too. And I think that kind of goes with the fear of being left out as well. Um, I could be wrong. Like Melissa and I always talk about these fears and, you know, thoughts that we have in our own heads that these kids may not ever, you know, think about, but we do. Yeah. So it's just something that we'll just have to navigate as time goes on yeah out of like your experience with being a step parent what's like the biggest advice you would give to someone who's you know newly stepping into the role um I was saying just uh, I think communication is is huge between you and your your husband or your (laughs) partner um what expectations you have, um, what, especially with, you know, discipline, just you guys need to be on the same page and what his expectations are. Um, cause they are his children. Um, and if you can have a relationship with the bio, the other bio parent, that would be ideal. Um, if everyone could just be on the same page, but just going in, knowing that, you know, you're going to have challenges, you know, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be, you're going to have stress. Um, you know, you're, you're going to feel, I've always said being a stepmom's way harder than being a mom. Um, cause it, it, it's hard. You're, you're expected to do everything a mom does. You know, you, you clean, you cook, you do laundry, you're a taxi cab, you, you know, you're a nurse. Um, mm-hmm you, you do everything a mom does, but you don't, you're not mom. You're not, you know, getting the hugs and the, I love you's. And, um, sometimes it, you know, your feelings might get a little hurt or you might feel, you know, unappreciated or whatever. Um, and just know that those feelings are, are natural. It's okay. But, um, you know, it, it, you're doing it because you love your husband, you love the children and it will all, you know, come together at some point if it doesn't start right in the beginning, you know, you're just, you're going to have those challenges and, um, there's just a, there's a, there's a line that you have to balance and it's that balance. You're, you're, you're constantly teetering to one side and the other, trying to keep that balance because, it's, you know, 
it's not written out for you. No, there's no book out no. there. <laughs> and it, it is hard. It's, it's hard to navigate, but as long as you, you know, you know, you just, you, you do what you feel is right in your heart and what you know is right. I, you'll, you'll be doing the right things. You brought up a really good point with it being harder than being a mom, because at the end of the day, you aren't mom. Right. And I think some people might be going into it thinking, oh, it'll be a breeze or it'll be easy because Mm -hmm. we only have the kids half of the time or a quarter of the time, not realizing all of the work that goes on behind the scenes. And when you do have that emotional investment in your partner and in the kids, that it's not easy at all. You know, when you're the mom, you're always going to have that attachment to them, right? There's always that bottom line of, but this is my mom or this is my dad. But when you're coming into the picture, you don't have that baseline. No. And you can't, I mean, for me, I never thought it was appropriate, um, to raise my voice, um, at them, which I do at my other two, like every day, (laughs) you know, I never, I definitely not appropriate to ever lay a hand on a child that's not yours. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, you know, not to say that I, hit my children, (laughs) but like, I can definitely grab them by the arm or I've, you know, when they're younger, you know, spanked them on the bum a few times and on mom, I can do that. But, um, yeah, when they're not yours, you just, there's, you're, there's a lot of things where your hands are just tied and you're, everything's kind of tied. You're, you're just restricted in what you can say, what you can, you know, do. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess if you guys agree on like timeout kind of type of thing, or I don't know. Yeah. I I think like, I don't even think I did that. (laughs) I think, like you said, it really comes down to just communication with your partner, which Melissa and I talk about all the time is that's really what it comes down to and where you and your partner feel most comfortable, where you feel most comfortable. Um, you know, like Melissa is obviously in a different position where she's got full custody. So she is more disciplinary, you know, than maybe Mm -hmm. I am or you are. Although a lot of times I feel like I am bad cop most often than not, but, (laughs) but you know, that it really comes down to the situation that you're in and what the custody arrangement is and what you as the, you know, step parent bonus parent feel comfortable with too. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, you don't want to be walked all over, but then you no. also need to have that respect as well. So there's a fine balance of figuring out your Lovely. placement. And that's probably the hardest part is finding your placement. Exactly. And I would definitely recommend too, that, you know, when you do have the children on your own without your spouse, without your husband there, that you do try to handle all situations on your own. You know, Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is, you know, dad comes home and you're like telling on the kids, Yeah. you know, oh, they did this, they did that. They, that's going to really create a bad relationship because dad comes home and then, you know, stepmoms telling on them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Not to say you can't discuss the behaviors that happened, but 
they're discussed privately and they're, you know, not being thrown in their face. Right. You know, it's not if, a if it's something that's super serious, told. it can be addressed in a way where they're not aware, you know, that you told type thing Yeah, and just try to like, you know, handle situations on your own. Cause I think that'll create a better relationship as well. That's the other way. There's going to be a lot of resentment um, the other way. No, I completely agree. I think that's a very valid point for sure. Cause you don't want that. Wait till your dad is home. Wait till your mom is home. Like you said that like tattletale mentality um, because in building the relationship that comes with setting boundaries that comes with building respect over time and teaching and sharing with them as if they were your own kids, but then that gets into a whole other, you know, pot that we can serve. Oh, you should treat your stepchildren like your own. No, 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 you, you can't. Right. It's very different. Like I am not comfortable disciplining Oliver the way Colby would be like, no, you can do this. You can do that. Right. I, I can't, you can't, if yeah. He you was my own. Right. Sure. But I am not comfortable putting a hand on him. Right. Mm-mm. Never have, never will. Right. Um, and then yeah, raising voice, even just with discipline in general. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, we were cleaning his room one day and he was like kind of gaffing me off because he wanted to go play with his friends outside. I understand. And finally, after three times, I was like, okay, dude, like you're not listening. You know, I'm here trying to help you. You're not listening. Like, we're just not going to do video games today. You know, we don't get a lot of screen time in our house. We're always out doing things. Um, so it's like no switch today. And he got upset and I told Colby and I was like, I feel so bad. That's like, like, no, that I feel so bad doing yeah. that. And Colby's like, that's all you took away from him. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so no, when people say, oh, you know, you should treat your stepkids like you're, they're your own. You can't. Right. There's right. a whole yeah. set of I mean, people don't understand. Exactly. I mean, I can say to my, my two younger ones, like, oh my gosh, you're driving me crazy right now. Can you just stop? I mean, I would never have said that to them. That's when know? Melissa and I text each other saying it's they're like, driving even me Even though crazy. you wanted to like, oh my God, <laughs> but you don't because it's just like, yeah, you don't want to hurt their feeling. It's, you know, and they feel different too. So, you know, they probably are going to take it harder. Like my kids, I can say that to them. They're probably laughing at me. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just a different situation. You're like, Oh, we're driving mom crazy again. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> but it, how much worse we can make it. For ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But it's true though. At the end of the day, like it's a whole different dynamic, you know, like it is, it's so hard. It is so hard. And, and, you know, when we are disciplining, it is to an extent that's not going to be the same as your own kids. Right. Um, I think there's only been one time off the top of my head that I can think of where I actually grabbed E's arm. Mm-hmm. And that was because we were at my sister's lost house and we were trying to leave. And he ran away from me, not wanting to leave. And Dave wasn't around. It was just me and my sister-in-law and the kids. Right. I had to grab them to even just get a hold of them to leave, you know, but I would never lay my hand. Like I would never spank him or, you know, sure, like, right. Yeah. Of course. Talked about, but it, cause it, it is a different dynamic, but again, like I was in a situation where I needed to physically grab him to get yeah, him out. That's door. different. Yeah. It's completely different. Right. But like, it's still, 
you run through these things in your head as the bonus parent. Like, did I do that right? Was that okay? Was that, you know, like you always self-reflect or even second guess your decisions and your actions and it can take a toll like mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally for sure. Yeah, it it does. It's, it's definitely a, it's a mind game. Perfect. Yeah. You'll, you'll, I mean, you're going to experience, you know, having your, your own and you're just, it's, you know, you'll know how, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's a comfort, Mm -hmm. you know, um, obviously you're going to make mistakes and, you know, you're, you don't do everything. Nobody does it, everything any, you know, perfectly, but it, it, you don't, it's just not that worry. Yeah. As much. Well, we could keep going on and on, but I don't want to take too much of your time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we, like I said, in my email, we do this mom win and mom fail. Were you able Uh to come up with one at all to share? I, I did. It, It was a while ago. Are you allowed to say bad words on this? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this was when uh, Brody was about, he was four and I can't remember the exactly what happened, but we were in the kitchen and I don't know if he dropped something or if something broke, but he said the F word. And I remember Javi and I looking at each other, like, wait, did he just say what we thought he said? And we're like, Brody, what did you just say? And he said it again and he said it in perfect context. So uh, we, <laughs> I mean, we did not laugh, but <laughs> we we're trying not to laugh. And we're like, went into this whole thing of Brody, that is a really bad word. You cannot say that word. It's that, that means, you know, that's a really bad word. And if you said that at school, at preschool, <laughs> you would get in big trouble. And, you know, I don't know where you heard that. Well, obviously you heard it from one of us, but, um, and you just, you cannot say that word. Well, he was really upset that he couldn't say the word because he really felt like he needed to. (laughs) So he went and got a piece of paper and a pen. He was only four, but he already knew how to read and write. Oh my gosh. And he wrote on the piece of paper, I need to say fuck. (laughs) And he spelt it (laughs) F-O-C-K. And we still have a picture of it. And it was just, it was so funny because it was like, okay, well, if I can't say it, I'm going to write it. (laughs) Yeah. Four. So I guess it's a, it was a mom fail in the sense that he even knew the word and said it in the right context, but it was, it's also a win because he turns 11 on Saturday and he hasn't said it since. Well, there <laughs> so, you go. I don't know. <laughs> That's his I like that he wrote it. Like I can't, wrote it. I can't say it out loud, but I can definitely write it. That's okay. I need to say <laughs> It's not even just spelling the word. The fact that he said, I need to say, I need to say, yeah. F F O C K. So I'm like, at least he didn't spell that right. (laughs) That's so funny. Cause a lot of times that kids at that age, they like say it cause they're trying to pronounce another word, you know? So they they um, they, actually like went for it. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that was, you have a winner. I don't know if this is. Well, it's like part fail, part win, <laughs> part fail, maybe. Um, so this was last last weekend, or it might have been the weekend before. Um, but oh, was really wanting to play baseball, right? So we just got done with our soccer season, and he wants to start practicing for baseball. He didn't really have much of an interest in it 
prior. Um, but now that some of his friends are playing it, he definitely wants to play it. So like, okay, well, you know, baseball, you know, for you would be starting in the spring. So let's spend some time like playing catch and like, he's really athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, so he picked up on it really quick. So one of our friends actually got him, um, a mitt and then like a proper baseball, like for like his age. And so Colby and him were playing out in the backyard and I'm, you know, up in my office doing my paper that was due the next day. And Colby comes up like laughing, but like concerned at the same time. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, busted his lip. And I'm like, what do you mean? So he takes off running. I go after him. I was like standing in the back. I was like a handful of blood. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, did his teeth fall out? Like what, (laughs) what happened? Um, So, you know, I take him to the bathroom and get him cleaned up and it stopped bleeding. It's like, okay, I know we don't need stitches. And then I look in his mouth and I see that he had bit his upper lip and lower lip. Mm. And I was like, what, like what happened? And his face is like already starting to swell. So inside I'm freaking out, but I'm trying to be cool on the outside. So he doesn't freak out because he's handling it really well. And he was like, my face caught the ball. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh no, like, were you trying to use your mitt? Like what? And he's like, well, I had my mitt. And then I moved my face, but not the mitt. And it just, you know, it hit me. And so I guess like that would be like part of the fail, you know, kid getting struck with a baseball to the face and him just like swelling up. Um, But the wind that came out of it was, I guess that just brought him and I closer together because, you know, when this happened, I was the one who was doing like the caretaking. And I don't know if that's just like the anxiety in me. So every 20 minutes I was like, Hey, put the peas on your face, peas off your face, peas on, you know, meanwhile, he's having fun, you know, him and Colby are like playing video games together. And Colby's like, he's okay. He's okay. And my uncle is a dentist. So I'm calling him like, what do I need to be worried about? (laughs) So then I'm worried, okay, does he have a concussion? Did it hit his like, (laughs) right here. So I'm, you know, constantly like checking his temperature and like, are you nauseous? Does your head hurt? What's wrong? But I'm trying to do it in like a cool way. Like, Hey, I'm making some food. Do, Do you feel like eating? Oh, you don't feel like eating. Okay. That, that's understandable. Does your stomach hurt at all? Is that why you don't want to eat? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, it brought him and I closer because even definitely a first time mom. <laughs> yeah. And a few days after, you know, to Colby, he was fine. Like he would tell yeah. dad like, Oh yeah, it feels fine. But then as soon as I would come around, he'd be, Oh, I can't talk today. Mom. <laughs> Oh, he, he wanted that sympathy, that, that attention. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, as soon as I drop him off at school, he's talking like normal. I'm right. Like, oh, you're just playing me now at this point. Yeah. He wants <laughs> that like motherly love. <laughs> yeah. It was like a win fail. Like it, it wasn't either, I guess. It was just a funny <laughs> situation that happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so All funny. boys like to be babied. Yes. It, yeah. it doesn't change. As they get adults, (laughs) they always (laughs) like to be baby. For sure. I think my mom fail this week has to do with, or yeah, doing homework with E and this common core math stuff is just like the most annoying thing ever. 
and they're learning estimating right now and doing word problems with estimation and he want and we have to like check his homework and like sign off on it and everything so I'm checking his math homework and they're doing estimating but the way they had the estimate like they still had to add it up and then they had to do the estimate on top so like mm-hmm. the example said like something plus something was and the answer was like 604 and then the estimate said 600 but they are were taught to estimate first based on the two equations so if it was like the next one was like 427 plus 366 it would be around they would do 400 plus 400 equals 800 instead of rounding the answer uh, the answer yeah the yeah because yeah. that's how we were taught to round the answer right so I'm grading it and I'm like sir because they're all wrong like <laughs> this one doesn't match your estimate this one doesn't match your estimate he's like no that's how and we're started like arguing with each other I'm like no that's not how you estimate it he's like but this is what the teacher said and he's getting frustrated because I'm not understanding and I'm getting frustrated because he's not understanding and then he started crying I'm like why are you crying like <laughs> there's no reason to cry And I'm like, look at the example that says 604 and the estimate says 600. Like you don't go to 700, you know, like trying to use that example. So then Dave got home from the gym and I'm like, I can't, like, I don't, I'm lost. Like, I don't get it. So Dave actually looked up on YouTube, like this exact math problem and it showed how they were taught. And I'm like, this makes no sense. So then I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to like get you so frustrated to where you're crying, but like, this is not making any sense to me. At I'm telling all. you. Yeah. It's, it's hard. The math is hard. It's so hard. Brody comes home. Thank God he doesn't, he knows how to do it. I mean, fifth grade last year, fourth grade, when we had the shutdown the last two weeks or two months of school, I oh, know that was third grade, even in third grade, I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Nope. You know, now in fifth grade, he comes, I mean, they're doing like algebra already. I'm like algebra. I did that in high school. <laughs> It's like a whole new thing. And like, even I'm not smart enough for this. (laughs) I remember during COVID, I think I told this story to Melissa when the pandemic started um, and that, you know, everything was shut down. They were barely doing school at the end of that, that school year. And then for us, um, when that next school year started, he was in second grade and they did zoom for school for like two and a half hours. That was it. But Mm. he would go in the afternoon. So in the morning, he had all these assignments he had to do before he had to sign on to Zoom. And there was all these math problems and it was common core base. And I was so lost and Dave was gone. He was on like a golf trip or something. And I had to YouTube what to even do and how to do it. And I was still even lost because he didn't know how to do it because he hadn't gone technically to school yet. Right. Oh my gosh, how hard. But it had to be done before he saw the teacher Oh, it was so annoying. I'm just glad I don't have to do that anymore. But then I got estimating that's <laughs> causing problems now between us. I know it's, yeah, I don't know. It's they're taught so different now and they're so much smarter than we are. I mean, they're so much more advanced. They are. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. We greatly Thank appreciate you. it. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was nice talking to you guys. It was nice so good talking, talking to you. All right. Well, thank you. You're and welcome. Me, and then we'll keep in touch. Yes, for sure. We will. Okay. Have a good day, guys.